Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Shalom, phone on the record. This is Minister Shedrick Ben Israel, tribe of Judah. Uh, and welcome to Fellowship. Line. The time now is 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 o'clock p.m. Central. And I, is, is Chief Administrator Priest online? Yes, sir. Okay. Sorry for me stumbling. I just had to make sure you were on there. Uh, brother, I yield it to you. Um, you all going to have to uh, for Excuse me, because I have I might have some noise in the background because I'm traveling. Um, is EK online? Shalom, yes, sir. Okay. Um, did you did you make any further progress since we last spoke uh, from last week? Did you do anything else? No, I did not. Okay. Did anybody else do anything to catch up? to um, where I think it was EK and who else was it? Uh, forgive who else it was. Anybody? Uh, well, okay. I, I was telling you yes, it yesterday. Uh, last week that I did the, I did the uh, UCC 11 search. Um, I also did the um, uh, the dispute with my one of my creditors, and I had it removed, and my credit score went up 59 points um, for experience. Um, my credit score is pretty much in like the 700s. One of my credit scores uh, for TransUnion is 741, and then my credit score for experience is 744, uh, according to Credit Conduct. So I'm I'm happy that that is happening, that I don't have to look at that anymore. And I yield. So you have one item removed, you said? I had one item removed, and my and uh, I had uh, 59 points added to my credit score for experience. It was 658, no, 685, I apologize, a uh, couple of weeks ago, and then once they removed that item, it went up 59 points, and now it's 740. I think it's 744 right now. Okay, um, we need to find out who else is on the line. Sister Nisha. Brother Trevon. Brother Ash. Sister Crystal. Shalom Nation, Sister Monica. Shalom Nation. Oh. Shalom Nation. I'll be travel to Sorry. 
Before we go any further, I want to say the, let us all be reminded to keep Brother Alex in our prayers and positive energies uh, as he lost his mother. Um, also, Brother Ramya needs our prayers and positive energies for he lost a close friend of his uh, who passed away uh, really uh, just after we found out um, about Brother Alex's mother. Anyhow, I mean, we all need prayer all of the time, but, you know, positive energies. But, you know, sometimes these circumstances uh, require a little more added attention. So, um, does anybody... Has anybody, um, well, I'm going to go over to trust. So we can uh, look at where we're headed. So uh, some of you just have to to catch up. Whoever gets to the finish line first, that's who we're moving with. So you got to catch up. I'm going to explain the other stuff as well, but let me go over this. Uh, So actually, is Lynn on the line? Brother Cedric, can you explain? Uh, you and I, we were talking about the police clearance um, off the record. Can you uh, share that information with uh, all of us that you and I spoke on? Yes, sir. Um, so I was was uh, having a conversation with um Chief Administrator yesterday and was letting him know that I was in the process of doing police clearance. And um, it may be different in certain states, but um, for the most part, uh, I have my fingerprints done. I have my fingerprints done with my new name. Um, then I was um, in the process of uh, deciding on whether or not I was going to do a criminal background check, a criminal history background check from either the or the FBI. Um, I can't recall, because um, I'm not looking at the site, on how much it is called for the state uh, to do a criminal history background check, but I do know, uh, as I confirmed it yesterday when I was at the sheriff's apartment, uh, that if you decide to do a FBI criminal history search, it is only $18. And uh, it probably would be much preferred because it's more extensive and it covers both federal as well as state criminal history. Um, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, what I can share at this particular point uh, about the police clearance. And I yield, brother. One moment. So, uh, brother Cedric, can you share with us um, 
what you've accomplished thus far other than that? Um, besides that, I was able to do name change. Um, I did that back in 2014. Um, I pretty much notified all of the proper authorities. Um, I am in the attempt to establish my trust. Um, I have my EIN number. I had my EIN number since 2015. Um, I've been in the process of getting my declaration, not declaration, my uh, terms and conditions together because I realized over time that those things change uh, depending on how you, you know, set it up. Um, it isn't necessarily as hard as people think it is. It does require um, a lot of thought considering the fact of who you uh, decide to put in your, who you decide to put trust in. And again, like I say, that may change over time. Um, as far as that, I was able to get most of my debt down. Um, I've knocked out like maybe 75, 80% of all my debt. I have no debt besides my student loans. Um, other than that, I would say that's where I am. Brother E.K., can you share what you've uh, done thus far? Salam. Um, I'm pretty much where I was at uh, from last time. Um, at this point, I'm ready to just sort of begin my trust formation and uh, the UCC one filing state financing statement. Um, that's really where I'm at right now with the whole process. Um, everything else, as far as the credit bureaus, uh, they have submitted, they have received my documentation. So um, just waiting to hear back as far as you know, if they you know could resolve any discrepancies I pointed out in my report. Uh, but other than that, that's where I'm at right now. Well, did we put on the record the steps that you led up to that? Because I don't recall. Uh, regarding the UCC 11 search and the credit dispute? Yeah, did we uh, put that on the record? I believe so, yeah. So I'll just recount. Um, so basically, with the credit dispute, I just submitted the letters to the three credit bureau agencies. Uh, regarding um, my student loans, some amounts were not actually reported correctly, um, so I sent that in. And then um, the UCC 11 search, I went to the Secretary of the State in Massachusetts, the office, and um, it's funny, I went to the Corporations Division, and um, so there was a booth that had UCC 11 uh, filings, and I spoke with one of the clerks there, and they pointed me to a computer which uh, has a search engine for uh, your name where you would type your name in and to find out if there was any hidden creditors pertaining to your name, associated with your name. And then below that search, there's another search that has liens. Uh, so if there's any liens taken out against you, you can search your name to see if there's any liens taken out against you. So I did both searches and I found zero regarding the heading creditors and zero for any lien holders that could potentially be associated with my name. Um, so those are the steps that I took. Um, and, yeah, that's all. 
Praise the Lord. Um, anybody else got anything accomplished that they want to put on the record? Shalom, Ati Crystal. Um, Shalom Nation. My consort and I, what we've done is for this point, we've uh, pulled our credit report. Um, we checked against uh, our records to see what we have and if it was correct. We sent out disputes. We've uh, done the administrative process, and at this point, we are um, at the UCC 11 search. And with that, I yield. Is there anybody I'm sorry. I'm here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Chairman Director, this is uh, Sister Anisha. I was able to pull the TransUnion credit report. I still have to get Experian and Equifax. All that I have noted on my report uh, is all my student loans, um, which there is something that recently just came up about Nanyet, who used to be Sally May, um, that they are actually being sued for some sort of fraudulency. So I'm looking into that, and I have to do the UCC 11 search. Um, and now that Minister Cedric brought up the actual background check, the federal background check, I want to pull that record as well um, to see if there's anything on there at all. And with that, I yield. Um, Shalom. Um, this is Minister Shedrick. I do want to confirm that when you guys do do your federal background checks, they are going to require that you have your fingerprint cards. I don't know if anybody knows that, but they're going to need your fingerprint cards. Um, you don't want to do the fingerprint cards yourself uh, because they have to have, I guess they have to be done at a specific time. Um, the preferred place to do them is at, you know, your local uh, precinct or uh, police department uh, because they have the digital uh, cards that, well, they have, they can do it digitally and they put it on the card and give it to you. Um, but I just wanted to make sure that was on the record and I yield. Can anyone see who's all on the screen? Can anybody see everybody that's signed in? Okay. Uh, well, on a second. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I heard the question, sir. Trying to see if somebody can Do see who's the, the box for. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I'm I'm pulling it up now, Brother Priest, for you. And I actually see it's quite a few on here. It's we got Toronto, Washington State, Texas, Georgia, Maine, Georgia, New Jersey, New York, New York, Michigan, and of course me in Texas. Mhm. Has anybody done? Other than the people that have already spoken, has anybody done, has anybody done anything? Other than the people that have already spoken, has anybody done anything? 
Trevon. I, oh. I just got my um, credit reports from all three credit bureaus, but I didn't go any further yet. Okay. Anybody else? Shalom, brother. This is uh, Brother Gavin, Tribe of Benjamin. Um, I did this prior to when you asked it, so uh, I had like a tri-merge credit report pool when I was uh, actually inquiring about um, getting my mor- uh, getting a loan for the mortgage that I was trying to get for property. And um, prior to that, there was a job at one time that I needed um, a criminal fingerprint background check. So I, I, I actually got that done also. So um, I, I did it a while ago, but it, it's still pretty current. One was uh, done last year with the fingerprint, and then this year, uh, probably a month ago, I did the, um, the trimer. Thank you. Anyone else? If if anybody else don't have, I I guess I actually um, sent out some uh, administrative process papers on a couple. I've just had like three on my credit checks, so I sent those out to two of them. I was successful with the school loan to get them back where they just have it in. Uh, they they're not taking it where. They can threaten to take and garnish me or anything like that. They referred it back to uh, just a regular um, collections, and of course I'm dealing with the collections. And I do have a judge-appointed letter as well for uh, showing that my record for the state as well as the city, you know, I'm clear. I will do my uh, fingerprint check, but all of that was in the process because I am uh, affiliated and work with the courts, so I do have all that good stuff to on the record for and on the record, and with that, I yield. Is there anybody willing to to say that they didn't do anything? So I guess the only people that have spoken up are the only people that did anything. Well, the thing is, we do have to take this seriously. We really do. So, everything you do is in law is contract and notice. Contract and notice. Everything that you establish in law is contract and notice. Notice could be public notice. Generally, public notice is the best way to establish things. It doesn't matter if you're doing a divine union, uh, name correction, name change, contract notice. If you have a contract with the said creditor and they're trying to collect from you, contract precedes the notice. If you quote-unquote get legally married, there's a contract 
and there's a notice. That's what it's all about. Anybody got a question about that? Yucky. Yes, sir. You had a question, brother? Oh, no, I was letting y'all know I just got in line. Oh, okay. So anybody should hear. So it's kind of brother priest. It's brother Matthew. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So basically, uh, even if you're doing a uh, a marriage and you don't do it the uh, legal way, uh, the, the way you uh, bind it and make it legal is that you uh, put it in public notice. Legal and lawful, because everything's about contract and notice. Now, understand why. we got to understand why. The reason why is because, let's say, um, we lived in a primitive and, you know, no gas stations, no cars, no none of that. All right. Even before a writing system, let's let's go back to the times of just sound communication and body language. Okay, if if you quote unquote shacked up with a woman, that's contract. Two of you start spending time together doing a lot of things together, building things together. But back then, it would be considered contract and notice because you everybody was living in small villages. So whenever you just saw these two individuals together, this is where this term go together comes from because it's like so they've been using that term for a long time. And they're going together, meaning that they match and they 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 match one another's criteria for mating, and they are proceeding with it. So that's contract then notice because you're walking around the village, and everybody sees the two of you together. So everybody's put on notice; those two are together. Now, automatically, that means everybody knows hands off, okay, specifically the brothers, you know, don't come barking at this sister, excuse the terminology, but don't come talking to the sister and you know she's uh, betrothed to a brother. So, as time progressed and more people came to the earth, languages developed, dialects developed, everything like that. They got separated because you don't know what the people in China are doing. We don't know. Nobody knows unless you're in that area where China is or whatever. So they placed on public record for everyone to know there's a contract in place between these two individuals, 
and they serve notice on public record that these two individuals are quote-unquote married or otherwise. Um, So when you get to the United States and common law, common law quote-unquote marriage, there's contract, there's notice. The contract might be, how do they say, implied, implied. Implied meaning they just started being together, claiming each other, and building a life. There's nothing on paper. I'm talking about common law right now. There's nothing on paper. However, if you are are extending outside of your small community, then place public record or public notice. Okay? And it's, it, yeah, that's how it works. Now, when you're doing all other businesses, when you're starting a business, when you're starting a trust, when you're changing your name, when you're changing your status, all of these things are the same. Contract notice. Uh, Ema, can you expound upon that, please? Uh, yes, sir, contract notice. Well, it's, it's basically that you have to um, let them, it, it, when you do your contract, I, I, I like the fact of meeting other minds, and, you know, I'm, I'm always confronted with, um, contracts and the most important thing you have to read your contract first of all and if there was not a meeting of the minds then you you present that back to them with a notice which of what I normally do is I send a notice back letting them know that th- this contract is not in compliance or I do not agree or whatever so we can go through the process so yes you do everybody a lot of the brothers and sisters, we talk about it all the time, you have to give a notice, you know, if you're going to uh, go along with that contract or not. If not, you can change it up, do whatever you got to do. But it's a, it's a, a two-way street, and with that, I yield. Okay, so contract notice, they go hand in hand. All right? Now, there's different ways to give public I, uh, I'm i just going to put this on the record. Sometimes notice is word of mouth. Brother Shepard. Brother, are you there? Can you hear me? No, I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't even hear you for the last maybe two minutes. <laughs> I thought you almost dropped off. I'm sorry, but I heard you call my name, but I I didn't hear what you said before because you had dropped off or something. Okay. Sometimes notice can be word of mouth. Can you, does that make sense? Yeah, it 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 is uh it does make sense. Um that's like basically um 
say for instance you're at your job and uh, there is a regulation placed at the job. There's a regulation being placed at the job from the top by the CEO. Well, the supervisor is going to basically say, okay, this is the policy. And you're saying, okay, well, show me the policy. Okay, the policy is where he's telling you what it is. That's word of mouth. That's notice of the contract being taken in between the CEO and the employee who works for him. That's the that can be a form of word of mouth contract, and I yield. Thank you for that. Now, over the course of the centuries, that flesh and blood living souls have become progressively wicked. You cannot take people for face value. You cannot take, well, persons, rather, for face value. You cannot trust their word. They will lie. They will lie. One moment. People will lie. Persons will lie, excuse me, deceive. Somebody could tell you, hey, I'm serving you notice. They'll tell you, I'm serving you verbal notice. They'll get into a court of law, and then they'll tell you, no, that never happened. Because they are wicked from the core. So during the time of Moses, what had to happen is it had to be written down as a reminder so that required time and date stamps, signatures, evidence that these two parties agree to this contract. Brother Yakin, does that make sense? Yes, sir. It makes sense. Why do you think? Well, explain it in your own words. Uh, well, from what you from what you were saying, um, from what I understand about it, is it's, it's always best to get everything, um, every contract, every contract or every notice, basically on paper, on paper, because people, you know, saying like you said, they'll lie, they'll cheat, they'll change their mind, and things like that. So, basically, to me, it's going basically like covering your own self, so you won't get into no situation that you can't get out of or you got tricked into. And with that, I yield. Thank you, brother. Uh, Sister Crystal, what are your thoughts? Um, forgive me, I was in the store. Yes, ma'am. Um, my thoughts are basically, you know, whenever you're going to do something of importance, you need to make sure that you make everyone, make it known to everyone. So that's basically putting, putting it on public notice. And just like you said, people no longer keep their word. They always say word is bond, but today in time, word is not bond. So you have to make sure you cover your tracks like the brother said um, in order to ensure that that contract is fulfilled. And with that, I yield. Thank you, sister. So that's the whole point. 
So that means that means do not trust these Romans. Implied implied means is not written down. There's no notice. Or there might be a notice, but there's nothing written down contractually. But do not rely on that. Do not rely on that. So, here's how you serve notice. Well, let me see. You serve notice using the newspaper. Brother Matthew, are you there? Shalom, brother. Did you call Brother Matthew? I did. Okay, because yeah. when you were getting ready to say the name, you just dropped out totally. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, did you repeat that question one more time? Because when that happened, I was trying to figure out what was going on in the class. How would you serve notice using the newspaper? How would I serve notice using the newspaper? Uh, well, what I'd do, I'd find one to three newspapers, uh, see how much they charge to uh, put the ad in. Uh, some of them charge by how many letters or the word itself. So uh, I'd find one to three uh, newspaper outlets and basically have them put it in their uh, what is it, notification section, uh, public notice section that they have, and, and basically uh, state the facts of, your, uh, of why you're putting it in the newspaper and what transpired. And then uh, you, I guess you leave it in there for... However long they'll let you do it and renew it, but I believe as long as you have it over in there over 30 days and you serve public notice, everything you should be all right. Yes. Yeah, so what is correct? So what you do, you look around for a couple of newspapers. You're going to publish a legal notice. A legal notice. You want to run it for 30 days. A minimum of 30 days. One moment. You're going to run it in a newspaper for 30 days. Now, my suggestion is you go to a Negro newspaper. When I did it, um, which was, when was it? Probably 07. Uh, When I did it, I paid a total of $60. I did it in a paper that is no longer around. The paper was called Michigan Citizen. So I ran it for four weeks, 
um, for $60. And what you also want to make sure is that when you run it in the legal notice section, that that you can receive an affidavit of publication. And that is one of the most important things that there is. The people that are running these ads in the legal notice section are generally notaries. And they are um, they are licensed to notarize your documents. They are licensed to notarize an affidavit of publication. Your affidavit of publication is evidence that you have ran that legal uh, name. It could be your name change of your birth name, straw man name, to a new true name. It could be the name of your trust. Right now, we're talking about the trust. You find a couple of local newspapers, I suggest Negro newspapers or Latino newspapers. Any newspapers would be sufficient, but the Negro, well, any newspapers that are within three mile, a three-mile radius of the address or domicile you presently are at that circulate within a three-mile radius. A complete three mile, three hundred and sixty degree circle. Okay, and with your address in the middle as the the center of the radius. You run it for four weeks, thirty days, and you want to make sure that they will provide an affidavit of publication once it is done. I additionally suggest that you get each newspaper every week. Collect them every week and cut out your legal notice, or even if you don't cut it out, excuse me, just get the paper. Um, anybody have a question on that? Come on. Yes, sir. Um, phone on the record. I'm going to get quick, sister. Phone on the record, this is Minister Cedric. So what if we live in a place where the African-American or Latino uh, newspapers do not do legal notices or uh, we live in an area only where the city has prescribed a particular uh, newspaper to uh, do legal notices that aren't African-American? Or Latino, not you. Well, actually, that happened with you, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, that's why I put it out there. <laughs> that, was out there. <laughs> that was a while ago, but I do I still remember it because I remember uh, talking to you on the phone about it. But you just go to any any newspaper with a legal notice section will suffice. But of course, we want to partake with our own people. Um, plus, usually our own people have far less rates. You know, the rates are far cheaper. Right. I went, I went to two uh, papers 
Um, wait a minute. Let me back up. I'm glad you said that because I just I just had a memory, and I hadn't remembered this for a while. I gotta get this on the record. When I went to do this back in oh six, uh, I was doing my name and stuff first. I think it was. So that would have been like oh six. Then I did the trust of thinking 07. But anyway, here's what happened. I went to the Negro newspaper, Michigan Chronicle. And it was like $1,000 to run it for a month. I said, okay, well, I'm just going to go down to, no, I'm sorry. At first, I went to the Register of Deeds. They're like, well, you got to write it in the newspaper. Because I was going to put it directly on public record. And here's what I found out. Registers of Deeds and county recorders are two different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are records. These are already on the records in some of the degrees, but I'm going to say it again. The register of deeds and the county recorder are two different things. Because technically, if you have a county recorder, you can just go down to the county recorder and record it straight on public record. And you don't have to run it for 30 days in the newspaper. So understand, if you have a county recorder, you do not have to run it in the newspaper. Go straight to the county recorder with whatever it is you want to uh, put on public record, they'll usually charge you a dollar or two for a cover letter, a cover sheet. Or if they don't charge you for the cover sheet, they'll just charge you for the document to be recorded. And it will be like $10 or $20 or something like that. So anyway, I we didn't have a county recorder. We had a registered deed. So the registered deed told me, well, you have to record it in a newspaper. So I went to the Michigan Citizen, and they said it was $1,000 or something like that. So being frustrated, I went back to the county record, I mean, the register of deeds again. I'm like, um, is there any other way that we can do this? We don't give legal advice. But you can go over here to this other section. They sent me to another section. And these people said, well, you got to go back over there to that other section. They sent me back there. So when I get back there, now they're telling me a whole different story. They're telling me, well, we only record things that go into, it automatically goes into the registered deeds if you record it with the Detroit News. So I go to Detroit News, and they're talking like $1,500 for a month. So I can't get it on on the registered deeds because it's not a county recorder. So I had to really figure this thing out. So I had to go deeper into law. And I found out you don't have to do that. If if you have a newspaper with a legal notice section of an accredited newspaper with a notary that can give you an affidavit of publication. So, again, 
If you have a county recorder, you don't need to run it in the newspaper. If you have a, a problem where there are no Negro newspapers that can do it, go to whatever available newspaper. Um, if it costs astronomically too much money, we will use another method that I'm about to explain. But follow this order. Check for your county recorder first. If you do not have a county recorder, check for the newspapers. If the newspapers are too much money, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to do a declaration of trust, and it's going to be abbreviated. It's going to be a short version. In this sense, this declaration, a declaration in law is a public statement meaning it's a public notice. It is not a law. It's important to know. It's a public statement. It is not a law. One moment. So, everybody understand, a declaration is a notice, okay? So, declaration of trust, you're going to file that with a UCC-1 financing statement. Then you can include your UCC 11 search at the same time if you want. But you're going to, it's going to be an attachment that's going to go with your UCC 1 financing statement. Anybody got any questions on this? I, I do. It's Sister Aliana, yeah. Um, the, the, the UCC 1 financial statement is attached to when it when does that get filed again? Hello. Hello. I think he might have Yeah, he might have fell off. Oh yeah. Okay. Hold on, you'll be back on sis. Okay. I'll I'll stick around so I'll be here.
I'm back. Can anybody hear me? Yes. Yes. So, okay, the Declaration of Trust is attached to financial statement. Sister Adiana? I'm, I'm here. It broke up a little bit. You said the Declaration of Trust is attached to... Is it the UCC-1 financial statement? Yes. Okay. Okay. So you're going to include other things with this, so that's not going to be the only thing. But that's going to go with it. Now, you have to be very careful when you do this so I'm going to talk about this UCC-1 financial statement. Now, obviously, you could just go straight to the UCC-1 uh, office and bypass the newspaper and bypass the county recorder. But the problem is, in that situation, you want to record what you're doing in the county that you live in. If you cannot, excuse me, I'm outside for a brief moment. If you cannot record it in the county, then you go to the state capital city, which in essence will be, it it will uh, trickle down to the county. One moment. So, everybody get it? Anybody got a question on that? Shalom. So, what you're saying, and this is uh, Minister Stedrick, what you're saying is that if you can't record it in the uh, county court, so to speak, then you go to the state capitol. So, for instance, uh, if I'm in Georgia and I can't record it in my county uh, court, I can uh, record it in Atlanta because that is the capital of Georgia. Is that what you're saying, brother? The Atlanta um, UCC office. Now, you could record it at any, at any Atlanta. Uh, you can record in any county, really, but right. you want it in your county because, you, because again, the theory and law behind it is you're, you're talking to your community, the people that are around you, that know you, that see you, that are your neighbors, your friends, your loved ones, your relatives. So think about that when you're doing this. So that's why I'm putting it in that in that order of how we need to think about it because you're literally telling the relatives word of mouth, hey, I'm about to do this trust and I'm going to be working through this trust. Okay. Anybody confused about that? Anybody confused? Shalom. Sorry. No, sir, I'm not confused by that question. I just had a quick question. 
in the counter recorder, what do you receive? Do you receive the recording, or do you, did, would they give you an affidavit of some sort? Um, they give you like a. It's kind of like a receipt, I guess. But usually, it's a uh, it's a printout, and I haven't done it in a while, so it might be different now. But usually it's a printout with a barcode sticker or it's a printed barcode. So I don't, I don't think it's different now, but, you know, because to me that would seem like that would still be the modern technology. But understand it's a, a barcode sticker or it's a, a barcode printout, time and date stamp. Uh, or some kind of receipt that shows that you printed it. Now, in the UCC office, um, they are going to give you a a barcode stamp of um, of your recording. So that's how that will work, brother. Shalom. This is Sister Nisha. I just want to make sure that I'm clear on what we are talking about uh, or what we are talking about. This is just in this is in, just in, in reference to actual setting up your marriage trust or any trust. No deal. Well, we're not talking about any marriage trust, but we're talking about your trust. We're talking about anything, period. Anything that's that has to go on public record. Anything. That's what I got a little confused because we started off talking about notifying the public with the uh, uh, marriages, and then we went into anything that you need to let the public know as far as your trust is concerned that you've established. Okay, yes, sir, and I knew. Okay, I was just using marriages as an example, but it's the same thing. So what we're talking about is the trust that you're going to be doing business through, which is going to be a simple uh, trust. So the reason why we're doing this is because part of correcting your affairs is you must do business correctly in the commercial world. You are not supposed to be contracting your physical bodies to a debt obligation that cannot be satisfied. Okay? What I mean is, just hear me good. In America, there's only debt circulation, um, excuse me, the the monetary circulation is a debt instrument, Federal Reserve notes. So the Federal Reserve note is evidence of the national deficit. Okay? It cannot pay off anything where you have what you perceive to be ownership or real possessorship. Federal Reserve notes cannot pay off anything. Okay? Federal Reserve notes in a proper status can, but it's not the Federal Reserve notes that are paying it off. It's the status that is paying it off. 
So you cannot, it's, it is improper to contract your flesh and blood self to a debt note. You're going to be for et- perpetually forever, generation after generation, a slave. When you're establishing freedom, you are supposed to know this. If you don't know this, if you don't comprehend it, don't do it. But understand, what actually is a trust? First, it shows that you're competent in your history and in the history of the earth. And you're competent in commerce and that this is the proper way to be doing business as a quote-unquote free man and or free woman. That's the proper way. Now, in this debt system, let me make that clear. In this debt system, or in any debt system, if you're using gold and silver, it is proper to contract your flesh and blood self. That's that's lawful and that's spiritually correct. Because gold and silver is the standard of actual lawful currency on the earth. So as far as trade currency, let me make that clear. Uh, instrument trade currency. The other thing is services or, or uh, goods or services. But my point is, if you're using gold and silver, it is proper because if you fall into a debt to somebody using lawful currency, you're supposed to be removed from being able to use lawful currency and go into a debtor status slash bond servant slave status. Has anybody got a question on that? All righty. So listen. Let me go back to this again. We're establishing a trust. You're going to do all your business through with the public. What I mean is You're not going to have your name on a phone bill. It'll be your trust name. You're not going to have your name on gas, lights. It'll be a trust name. Anybody clear on that? Anybody got a question on that? No, sir. That's brilliant. I yield. Praise the Lord. So, hello, sir. I do have a question. Um, I, I noticed that here in uh, uh, where I'm located, um, we can't necessarily mail uh, our UCC uh, filings to the courthouse. Um, they stated that they um, will send them back without uh, actually being filed. Um, what do you do um, if 
you can't necessarily mail them or if you can't necessarily uh, go down there to the courthouse. And that's just a general question. That's not necessarily happened to me. I'm just asking. You're asking about the UCC office or the county recorder? Uh, the UCC office for, for us filing the statement. I mean, filing the um, the uh, UCC one. Sorry. You could do it online. Okay. So you go to your your state uh, secretary of state, and you could do UCC filings online. Gotcha. Um, now, I haven't done it in a while. I guess we did it. Cedric, were you in the nation when we did a, a, a nation UCC filing? No. <laughs> I was not. I think that might have been before, right before you came. Matthew, okay. were you here? Were you in the nation when we did that, Brother Matthew? Uh, we did the, uh, the UCC filings for uh, our businesses and stuff like that. For the whole nation. Everybody was on one filing. Were you here? <laughs> yes, I was here. Yeah, okay, good. I go if somebody can remember. We did we did a filing, I think it was on it was it was online and it was for I think it was in Kentucky and it was either Kentucky or Washington DC. I can't remember which one, but um the one of the national offices is in is in Kentucky and one of the other ones is in Puerto Rico and another one in Washington DC, I believe. But anyway, we did them online. I we did like we put like this was right matter of fact when was this i want to say september 2012 uh was it it might have been september it must have been september 2012. it was 12 or 13. it was sometime in 2012 so it, it couldn't have been september because i think yeah i don't think it could be september but whatever it was it was be it was probably in twenty it was in twenty twelve and uh we did it online. So you can do them online. That's the reason I'm saying that. Okay. Now uh there's no real reason for us to do a nation UCC filing unless there's an emergency situation and like a major emergency situation. Um and we just did it for public notice sake. So please don't confuse what I'm saying. And at that time, that's when the government was uh, having all types of problems. And everybody was freaking out. Oh, it's about to be 20, December 2012. We got to do something before December 20. You know, people freaking yeah. out. Yeah, so it was. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, so let me go over this again. This is for your trust. You're going to do a declaration of trust. Well, you're going to do a trust document or declaration of trust inside the university. You go to Civility 101. I opened it up today. There is a declaration of trust. It is an example. It is in a Word document form. I placed 
famous people's names in there. So you remove those names and doctor it how you see fit to fit you, your life, and your situation. Do not download that document and just put your name on it and send it out. Do not do that. Read it. If it's something you don't understand or don't agree with, take it out, delete it. Please. Yes, ma'am. Are we putting our true name, not our true name, our Aboriginal title name in that name slot, or are we using it like we would do a corporation? Because I'm seeing eerie similarities to, like, when you put things under your corporation name opposed to your name name so that if the business or the corporation takes the hit, the corporation takes the hit. You don't personally take it. So my question is, I guess, twofold. The one is, what name are we to put on that document? And then two, is this similar, but it's not the same because we're not binding ourselves to fiat script. Two, if you would put your or handle your affairs under a corporation name, and I yield. Well, you can only use the name that you are legally known as on this particular trust. So whatever name is on your driver's license or state identification, that is the name you use. Now, the thing about this is it is similar to uh, LLC, where there's limited liability for what sure. you individually are held for, are held accountable for. Okay, sure. so it does act in that capacity, but to really get the real, the most secure, the the most secure. Um, Standing within your own trust, there are some other things you have to do, but this is a simple trust. We're doing this for uh, for a couple of reasons. One, to get us used to actually doing stuff correctly, and if we screw it up, we can just revoke it and start all over. We could terminate it and start all over. So if we screw something up, uh, you know, we can do something else. So it's in a sense operating as a straw man trust because ultimately what we would be doing is understand this is a public trust that we're talking about. So we would have a public trust, but that public trust will be held by a private trust. We're not going to do no any private trust right now. We're not going to do that, but I'm just stating that so that you understand there's a difference here. When you go out into the public, you must get it notarized. When you go out into the public, you can only get it notarized with the, the name that is legally on your identification. There are some alternatives, but I don't want to confuse anybody. Whatever you are legally known as, 
Now, if you are today known as Patrick Matthews, but you want to get to where you're going to use your true name as Ben Israel, Bot Israel, whatever, you can always amend it. Okay? You can always amend it. You can amend your public recording. You can amend your um, your trust document. And you can place the, the true name later. Okay? So, again, here are your choices. County recorder. Negro Latino newspaper or any newspaper that is not unreasonable in cost and that will provide you with an affidavit of publication. Your third option is if those fail, you're going to do this with your UCC1 financing statement. And your declaration of trust is going to be an abbreviated one. Matter of fact, let me state this. When you do your declaration of trust, give it a log number. A log number. So, for instance, if I'm doing Elohim Trust, that being my said last name, if I'm doing Elohim Trust, that trust, I'm going to give a docket number, document number, or a log number. So, I might say, that that log number will be one four four two seven. You want on your abbreviated declaration, you want to denote on the UCC form, which will explain how to fill that out in a moment. You want on that form. Well, let me explain this. On the UCC form, on the UCC1 financing statement form, there is a collateral box in the on the front of the document. You're going to put in that box C attachment. So if your declaration of trust, your abbreviated declaration of trust is Exhibit A, you're going to put Exhibit A, declaration of trust, and then you're going to put your log number next to it. The, the log number for your own personal filing system. Upon a challenge, somebody comes to you, they want to challenge you, you pull out your full document, uh, your full declaration of trust, your full trust 
you pull it out, you match up the, the index numbers. This is document 14427. Bam. Here it is. Anybody confused about this? As a matter of fact, I failed to mention you should do the same, put that log number if you run it in a newspaper. I'm going to tell you how you do the article, the, the ad in the newspaper. It's going to be in the legal section. You want to put as a heading, Declaration of Trust. You're going to put as the body of the ad, such and such individual is announcing to the public that they have constructed a trust. They have constructed Patrick Matthews' trust. You put a date. And that's all you need. Keep your keep your ad short. Don't let it cost you a whole bunch of money. Use your own words. Anybody got a question on that? Okay, again, what we're talking about is setting up a trust. EK, uh, can you explain the steps that we're doing here? To get this accomplished. Salam, yes, sir. So basically, uh, from the beginning, um, we want to be able to uh, go to our county recorder, if we have one, to record our declaration of trust. However, if we do not have a county recorder, run it in our newspaper within our radius of our homes, of our domicile where, we, where we're living. Um, once we do create our declaration of trust, um, we want to be able to file that along with the UCC-1 financing statement as an attachment. Um, upon doing that, we may receive a receipt of a barcode stamp from doing so. Um, essentially, what we're trying to accomplish is being able to do all of our business through a trust so that we would not uh, uh, obligate, we're not, quote-unquote, essentially bonded by being obligated to a debt physically in a physical form. Um, so essentially after that, um, we want to be able to take it a step further. Again, if we don't have a kind of recorder, be able to, once we do the UCC-1 financing statement, um, there's going to be a collateral box. Um, we want to be able to, in that collateral box, see a, fill it out with C attachment, which is going to be our declaration of trust. It may be Exhibit A. We associate it with our log number that we create ourselves. And then within the newspaper, within the legal section, when we're doing our um, notice, so to speak, um, we want to be able to, in the heading, give a declaration of trust in the body, uh, state in, uh, in concise terms what this trust is about and um, date and time stamp it. And also, once we are trying to figure out the newspaper we're using, they have to also make sure that they can provide us with an affidavit of publication to ensure that we do have evidence that we have filed 
our trust in the public so that way for any um legal matters there is a there is a paper trail that's associated with what we're doing in the public in our year. Praise the Lord, brother. That was great. That was great. Excuse the police sounds in the background. All right, so let me go over it again so that this is in everybody's mind. You're going to go online into the university under Civility 101. There's a declaration of trust. You're going to download that. It's in Word document form. You're going to edit it as needed. Do not. Matter of fact, this is what we're going to do. We're going to review them before we send them out, have everybody send this stuff out, because if you put if you if you take that document and just put your names on it, you're gonna get yourself jammed up. Because what's gonna happen is people that try to challenge you, they're gonna go and read it. And they're gonna say, then they're gonna look at anything else you've done. And they're gonna immediately know if you actually authentically did this document yourself. So change some of the wording, I'm not saying you got to do a complete overhaul, but but change some of the wording. Make it authentically yours. And if something you don't agree with, take it out. If you sub, something you don't understand, look it up in the, diction, in the law dictionary. But do not just go in there, pull that thing down, throw your name on it, and think you're done. Don't do that. All right. So you're going to go, you're going to download that document, you're going to alter it, change it up, make it your own. After you do that, you got to get it notarized. Don't get it notarized first. Don't get it notarized first. Just get it accomplished. We still have to go over today whether or not you got your uh, distribution company name. So I'm going to go down the line. So I didn't forget because that was our homework. But I'm about to lead into that in a moment so you can see how this works. With your declaration of trust, you're going to attach a Schedule A. So, and, oh, wait, let me back up. Your declaration of trust is to be printed on legal-sized documents, legal-sized paper. Why? Legal-sized paper is a modern-day scroll. So you remember when they would roll up the scrolls and they – Mail them. Okay, when you pull the scroll out, that's legal size. Mm -hmm. That was the law. If it was not that size, it was not lawful. Today, it's called legal size paper. So you're going to print it out on legal size paper. You're going to do a separate document called a Schedule A. The Schedule A 
is going to include those things that you should have gathered from your life ledger. If you don't know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the life ledger, probably because you haven't done the work. That's inside Civility 101. You, you, the, the life ledger is supposed to include the things that you own, estimated values of it, clothes, cars, shoes, computers, whatever. You're putting that into a Schedule A because the trust is going to help hold that as its property, not you. Anybody got a question on this? Brother Yakin, are you there? Yes, so that's the answer. Okay, I can't see who's on the line, so I'm just going off the people that have already spoken up. Are you following so far, brother? Um, I'm following some of the things you said, but a lot of the things you said I'm gonna have to see when I started doing it. Like, like I you know I don't just I don't feel like I'll actually repeat it because I know I know I know I'm not gonna get it like right off back. I just have to kind of start doing it to understand everything. Yes, sir. I I understand what you're saying. Anybody that's on the line, log into the university, please, if you are able to at this time and download the document from Civility as we're on the phone. Okay. I'm I'm on now. Is that that would be would that be the simple trust formation? Is is that the one? No, oh I'm sorry, I see a declaration of trust. Never mind. I, I see it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um you have quite a few people on here from you got okay. Okay. Um, I unfortunately had some emergency situations that uh, I could not be at the home office. But anyhow, so that we all understand, you're going to download the document, you're going to touch it up, we'll overlook it, you've got to authenticate it to some degree. We'll prove it, and then you'll be ready to go take it to uh, a notary. The next thing you're doing is you want to do public notice. Remember, everything is contract and notice. Contract and notice. And the contract precedes the notice. You're serving notice to what you've already contracted to. When when you do a mortgage, what do they have you do? They have you do the contract, then they tell you you got such and such amount of days to go down to the register of deeds and record it in the county. That is contract followed by notice. When you give birth to a child, they give the birth time. They create a birth record that is contract 
then it is placed on public record that is notice, contract notice. You get a credit card. That is contract. They report you to the credit reporting agency. That is notice. Anybody got a question on that? Okay. Cedric, give me an example of something that you do every day that's contract notice. Contract notice? Yeah, that all of us do every day that, that falls in that category. I'm a um Hey, I may say um I'm going to the store to get something from the store. No, someone may ask me to go to the store for them. Um I may agree to purchase it or whatever. And then I'll get it and then I'll come back and I'll say, Here is what I bought you. I bought you such and such. The notice will basically the contract will be me agreeing to purchase whatever it is that you wanted me to purchase for you, and then the notice would be, uh, I guess you could say kind of two things, me saying I bought it and me showing you what it is that I bought and giving it to you, me fulfilling what it is, the contract pretty much, and I yield. Thank you. What about when you get a job, you know? get a job and you're contracting with the employer and then the notice will go out, you know, like when you get your benefits and things like that, then it verifies or puts on notice that you are an employee of the company. Would that work? Yeah, exactly. Good explanation. There's always contract notice and anybody that's in business you're supposed to know this because if you start doing business with people, look, even if you don't have some on public record and you're doing private business, the notice that you're doing is terms and conditions that you have to supply to whoever you're doing business with. Now, if you do business verbally, and you have business and you strike a handshake and you say, well, I will, uh, I'll do this, 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 and this in exchange for this, 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 and this. That's private contracting. That's verbal notice. But again, upon a challenge, somebody can lie, try to sue you, and says, well, they never did the job that they said that they wanted us to do. You see what I'm saying? So, so because of that, you have to cover your tracks. A receipt from McDonald's could be a notice of the terms and conditions that goes along with you eating their hamburger. A receipt from Radio Shack 
Best Buy, something like that, usually they have the terms and conditions on the receipts. Mm-hmm. Best Buy, all of these people know this. So if you try to come back and sue them, or you come back with a complaint, well, our our policies are such and such, and we can't do that. Didn't you read our policies? <laughs> and, most- and, and I got a question, Brother Priest. Well, yeah. actually, yeah, I would like to make this statement. See, and that's what kind of teed me off about some of these companies trying to get smart and, and sneaky by telling you you've got to sign these contracts online or you don't get this service. You know, you see how they're going through the Internet now and telling you to do it electronically. You know, you read the contract, but you can't really, unless you decide to do it without the service until you can get, you know, counter-contract with them or whatever, that's what they're doing now. They're they're forcing the people to, you know, take these contracts through this mechanism. Can I interject quickly, Sister Adiana? Yes. I think um, signing electronically really has its benefits as well. And sometimes maybe just manages. But one of the benefits is because I remember saying to myself after going into some ridiculous contracts and then on hindsight saying if I had a, had sense enough to read it and working in a legal field because one of I had I should have, um, I wouldn't have gone into that contract. And I remember saying the next contract I enter into doing any business with these people. I'm going to read every single thing. And the thing about electronics is when you're sitting in the comfort of your home doing it, you have all the time in the world. You can go back. You can go do what you need to do, go back, read some, go back, read some more, or print it out and read it before you actually sign it. Um, When you're in a place um, and they have these lengthy contracts, most people aren't going to sit there for hours with a magnifying glass. And, and by the way, I bought myself a magnifying glass too. Went right to the dollar store and got one because a lot of times they have stuff, a lot of the stuff is fine print for a reason because they know most people aren't going to sit there and read it and um, let them, they're not going to even think about, well, I'm going to get a magnifying glass and, you know, it's too little, I'm not going to bother with it. And they'll sign it and don't read it. And then, and then they'll ask you, well, didn't you read the copy? And they know most people don't read it, you know, and with that I yield. I, I want to just say one thing about that. I agree with you. I did that, and you, you should do that. And I'm saying that most people are not cognizant and understand that you, you cannot counter-contract. You know, you can't counter these people. You're either, you, you either take what they're saying or you don't get the service. But, but what I did, I, I decided to do without the service, did what you said. I read it thoroughly. I took and ran it off. I counter contact whatever on it. I put it in the mail and send it to the CEO. So that way, you know, I have the opportunity from my stance to be able to say, hey, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And it did work for me. I was able to, you know, get the response and get my services the way I want. But most people, not cognizant of it, they're just going to go electronically, like you said, look it over, go back and forth, read it, and put their name to it without understanding the process Brother Priest is saying. And with that, I yield. Very good point. Anybody got any questions? Um, Shalom, can I be heard? 
This is yes, um, I know no one has asked this, so I'll, I will ask uh, regards to the UCC one um, financing statement. Um, when they are, when everyone is filling out the UCC financing statement, um, if they choose to uh, their route, uh, the debtor and secured party explain for um, uh, making sure that their uh, trust is on the record. Could you explain to everyone how they would ration, rationalize that out or reason with it, so to speak? Um, so that they don't be confound, be confused. Are you a UCC one financing statement has two sections: one for a debtor, one for a secured party. A secured party can be a creditor, but what a secured party actually is is a holder of a contract. They have a security agreement which is also known as a contract with another party. So if you have a debtor section and a secure party section, that means you, well, this has nothing to do with how you're going to file it. Well, it kind of does. Well, you, I want to get us in this thinking. If you have a trust and property, you're not going to be the debtor. You have a secured, a security agreement with your own property. So you're going to be the secured party. Again, a secured party is one who has a security agreement with another entity. So you're not going to put your name on the line of a debtor. You will leave that blank. Or at least when I last did it, I don't know if they might have changed it because they. So I might I have to look at it again. But um, what you're doing with a financing statement, this is very critical in our thinking. If you have any property that is in question, that is not claimed commercially on the record and you owe somebody a debt they can take it from you without a challenge Shalom sir um, I have a question yes yeah. I look at the um the Schedule A ledger with my business included compared to my debt. Um, my business and my assets outweigh my debt. 
Now, if I go and do what we had spoke about, I could possibly put myself in in a questionable situation. Is that correct? Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. I'm I'm not quite understanding. If your business, wait a minute. How is the business re- related to this again? I'm How's saying the schedule A. Remember the actual um, assets and debts that we do. So I can consider the business that I I have, the cleaning business. I would consider that as an asset. Correct. Uh well you could yeah, well yeah, well that would be more like property but you know more so than the asset but yeah I guess you could if it's making a profit yeah mm. okay so I gotta look more thoroughly at that because like I was thinking if I could consider that as an asset compared to the debts that I owe I have more assets than debts that I owe, which would put me in better standing as far as being a debtor. But then if I go and do the other things that we had spoken about, that kind of puts me in a questionable uh, condition. Would I be correct in thinking that way? Well, see, I was thinking you were asking about if you you're saying okay, you're claiming you're claiming the business on the schedule A is what you're saying to me. So if the business, the status of the business is, is what's in question. Uh, I I would think that I would probably have to know a little bit more about the business and I don't think that we should discuss that on the line because that's yes, you know what I'm saying that's your private thing <laughs> I don't want to go into that but I'm going to try and answer it in a generalized manner it was a totally private business where there's no tax identification number and it's just you privately contracting with others right. um, nothing to worry about because as far as the business being on the Schedule A, um, you have to have evidence that the business exists. Hmm. So if, if you're doing totally private contracting, there's no evidence of it, so no need to put it on the Schedule A. If the business has a business license from the city or state in which you reside, um, if it has, well, usually you can get a a business license or a DBA without, let's say everything's set up traditionally how it normally is uh, for most people that go set up their business. Okay, well, then you got an issue coming out on the Schedule A because that means that the beast has his hands in it. Um, Then you got to deal with debts and assets of that business. So I would think I would leave that off because one, 
you really don't want them coming, messing with you for reason. So this is a dummy trust in the sense that you're going to do all your public business through it. Certain things. So this could actually end up being, I'm sorry, I just want to say this could actually end up being the vehicle that I do the cleaning business through. You mean the trust? Yes, sir. So whatever business you have now, you would dissolve? Well, everything I'm, that I'm, I'm doing is verbal. Well, you know what? I'll speak to you about it later because I don't want to take up too much time. Um, I, I also have to figure out a way. I think I locked myself out of the university because I can't remember my password. That's another story, and I'm yielding. Hello, okay. but Andrew, I'm going to be coming off this call right now. Um, right now, this information is all overwhelming, and 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 uh, my head is hurting me right now. So I'm going to meet you right now. Um, but just to mention, no, I didn't get a chance to uh, do uh, that homework. But um, yeah, I'm going to be doing a lot of shalom. Shalom. So. In that situation, if it's a, a, a normal general business with the business license, DBA, sometimes DBAs you can give away with, but if you got a business license, a DBA is a doing business as an assumed name. So that is different than a, a business license. And I'm not saying that the business license is bad, but it, it you, you they're going to put their hands in your business and they can possibly find some wiggle room to get into your trust. You don't want that. You know, and when I'm saying get into the trust, I'm talking about getting at you. They, there's ways that they can wiggle around certain things. If you miss contract and you cause yourself to come from behind your trust, that's what happens. They can get at you. Brother Priest, can I ask a question to Sister Adiana? Yes, ma'am. Okay, along those lines, since that subject came up about her business and, um, you know, the idea of the business having a license versus a sole proprietor business, sole proprietorship where a person doesn't have to have that license and, you know, they're kind of individually uh, held responsible for the business, um, can... In a case like that, can a person, can you have more than one trust? Say you have the trust that we would use for everything else, but that particular business, you can have a separate trust just pertaining to that business. You can, but I do not advise to do that until you get real seasoned in dealing with trust. Oh, okay, I got you. You can have as many trusts as you want. You can have as many as you want. But I don't advise doing that because um, you you can you can get overwhelmed very easily. Um, you know, if you set them up right, nobody will ever bother you. Nobody will ever question you. Nobody will ever come at you. If you make one little mistake and you put property in it, you put a business in it, they come at you. 
and a whole lot of things can go wrong. Okay, but anyhow, the UCC filing. I'm going to have to get with. Uh, let me see. I'm going to have to post an example inside the university. Uh, so you can see how to fill it out. Because I only got a few more minutes. I need to get off this line. Um, so everybody knows that's what we're doing right here. Remember, what we're doing is we're taking the property, we're putting it into the trust, and we're changing all of our public affairs. We're going to do business through that trust. So the various telephones and everything that you're doing, you're going to do through your trust. If you got a, a, a mortgage, you can switch it over to a trust. If you pay rent at a house, that's kind of a difficult thing to do. Some people let you do it. Some people won't. But you can do utilities and stuff in the name of a trust. So with that being said, um, I need to speak with Sister Adiana. Um, I need to speak with you and about, if at all possible, uh, sister, what time zone are you on? I'm on the East Coast. It's 8.46 right now. Will you be available at 10, your time? I will make myself available. I will. Okay. I need to speak with you um, about your submissions. So okay. I will give you a call around that time this evening because I need to adjourn right now. Okay. You mean you mean my assignment? No, the stuff you submitted to uh with Ema. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, was it too long? I had like a thousand words I was gonna say. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 All right, all right, Shalom. Okay. So okay. I'm for the day. Thank you Shalom. all for being Brother Priest. All right. Yes. This is Brother Matthew. Is it is it possible that you could uh, send me the code to the university because I tried to use it and it still didn't work? And, Ema, if you can hear me, could you uh, text me the uh, code for the uh, Aboriginal uh, third-degree class? Yes. All right. Thank you. Shalom. Thank you all for being here. I'm going to adjourn for the evening. Shalom. Shalom, everyone. Shalom. 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 Salam, anyone here present? Everyone left?
I'm still here, brother. Brother Gavin. Oh, I think everybody left. I think so because I walked away from the phone. I heard when he was leaving, but I didn't. I thought it was a uh, still going to be con- uh, Cedric was going to brother Cedric. I thought he was going to conduct the uh, the rest of the uh, fellowship, but mm. I guess he he also hung up. I think they all adjourned it. I guess. All right, brother. Well, we'll all right, brother. speak later. All right. Yes, sir. You still? Hey, let me ask you. You guys still go to that Saturday? Uh, uh, class? For yes, sir. Is that, yes, is sir. Is that 8 or 9? Uh, at 9. At 9. I see. Okay. All right. I'll be there this, definitely tomorrow, uh, Saturday night. All right. Thank you. All right. All right. Ta-da. I mean, I love it. Uh, All right, man. Take it.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.